White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox after the White Sox. Take care of the Cubs. I think, oh, sorry, 3-2-1. After the, <laughs> after the White Sox, take care of the Cubs by the score of 9-5, to 9-5. They call that a Dolly Parton. Yes, I get that. Our, our younger viewers don't know who Dolly Parton is. Well, we don't have viewers, you? and thank God for that. All right. Um, this is Herb Lawrence, and I'm confusing you guys as listeners instead of viewers. Um, and that's Chris Tannehill. How are you doing today, Chris? You know, it's been a while. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, my wife went out to, to dinner with her friends tonight, so just me and the kid hanging around. Uh, awesome. You know, here, take the tablet, kid, and let Daddy watch the White Sox. There's, I don't even know if I could find this damn button anymore uh, to ask how my friend Bill Walton's doing. It's been so long. It's been almost – well, it's been a, a calendar week since I got to hit this button that last game they won in Cincinnati on a Saturday night and here we are one week later here we go how's my guy Bill Walton doing the White Sox win print the banner line up the parade Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge Division Street let's go and this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Indeed. Hey, can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 the world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business certainly did not. You got to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get the important hire that you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. And Locked On White Sox is also brought to you by Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. Let me tell you something, folks. If you're on a diet or just looking to watch your weight or just looking to get more protein in your daily life, look no further than Built Bar. The improved Built Bar is somehow even delicious-er. Built Bar has six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They are healthy. They're great if you're a health-conscious person on the go. It's great for losing or maintaining weight while still indulging in one of those sweet, delicious treats that 
I happen to love so much. I keep built bars in the drawer at work. So around three o'clock, whenever you get that sluggish feeling and you need a little pick me up with some protein and a little bit of chocolate to get you through the rest of the workday, they're right there for me right there at my fingertips. Of course, they still have those 12 original flavors that you know and love so much. Me personally, big fan of the German chocolate, the mint brownie, and of course, peanut butter brownie. Built Bars are always 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. That peanut butter one, by the way, great after doing a lot of work around the house. 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories, just five grams of sugar, and only five grams of net carbs. Pretty good, huh? And right now, Built Bar is offering a special promotion to our Locked On White Sox listeners. You get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So just go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, Herbie, White Sox indeed are winners tonight, 9-5. to five over the Chicago Cubs, and they are now one game behind of the Twins with one game left to play as the Twins are victorious tonight as well. They won 7-3 to over the Red Legs, and the Indians lost 8 nothing to the Buccos. So for the time being, the, the, the Sox still, they could win the division or they could be the third-place team, depending on what shakes out tomorrow uh, on the south side and elsewhere around the central division. Um, but they do get their 35th victory of the year, and we know that's all so important because it means I am right for the time being. Now, go on ahead and prove me wrong tomorrow. Go get that win number 36 tomorrow so I can look like a fool <laughs> at, at 36 <laughs> and 24. Oh, boy, would my face be red. But it's always red anyway. Um, but real quick here, just congrats to the Cubs who happened to clinch the division tonight, uh, even though they lost. And that's just like – it's just amazing, man. Like – We've seen it all unfold uh, since the Theo Epstein got here and restructured the Cubs organization, and now you're sort of seeing uh, Cubs fans on the other side of it where they're, they, they've become spoiled, which is what they wanted, but they, they'll tell you they're spoiled and they're angry, and sure, their team did not finish the regular season the way they began it, but they were so hot, they built themselves up a nice little lead, and now they're uh, NL Central champions uh, yet again, just uh, an unprecedented run here for the Chicago Cubs in, in both of our lifetimes, and for any of our listeners' lifetimes, so uh, Cubs fans, I know we get a lot of crossover people, it's just, it's just as, as a baseball fan, it's a pretty amazing accomplishment that they could uh, rally the troops again after firing Joe Madden, and still with everything, uh, when you talk about division winners this year, and teams that are successful don't do not forget all the protocols that they had to follow some teams follow it a little more strictly than others and sometimes you know it doesn't matter because you see the the marlins after their early season struggles ended up clinching a postseason spot yesterday but there's so much that goes into success in this league in our game and uh the, the cubs find themselves uh, division champions once again so again that they're, they're no pushover on the north side they, i think they'll they'll be a tough out um, but certainly not trending uh, the way uh, Cubs fans would want. But with that said, I don't think I was as uh, upset after last night's game. But, like part of me wanted to come down here and turn on the old podcast machine and talk about mm -hmm. that embarrassing uh, effort by the Southside Nine last night. Uh, the the Contreras bat flip was was awesome. I think we're we're it both was. we're both on board with that. Um, I think. Uh, Jimmy Cordero is uh, happens to be a liar. He said he was not throwing at Contreras, but um, anyone who's watched his baseball for five minutes could say, yeah, I don't think that's one that got away from him. Um, yeah, it happened to be 97 <laughs> in the back, too. Yeah. Got away from him. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I, but also, I can understand that just uh, after a long, frustrating week 
and the Sox just wanted to let it out somehow. So sorry, Wilson Contreras. Enjoy this fastball in between the numbers here. Um, and also it was a good opportunity for Don Cooper and Rick Renteria to finally get after Angel Hernandez. And you saw what good it did because he was outstanding tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and another phone call by Hernandez. <laughs> Outstandingly terrible. I mean, he's consistent. As Stoney said, he was bad when he got in the league, and he's still bad right now. <laughs> I like so, like I said to Rick Camp on Twitter, Campy said that you know everyone's in agreement how terrible Angel Hernandez is, and I, I said that that's the. The, the, the first step into bridging the political divide in this country were so divisive, and especially after watching the Social Dilemma uh, documentary on Netflix. I don't know if you checked that out, but after watching that, we're, we're only getting more and more divisive. But I think the way to bridge the sides left and right would just be as a starting point, a talking point, would be everyone's in agreement that Angel Hernandez sucks at his job. And I, I think you can make a lot of headway with all types of relations in this country because that's the most agreeable thing you could say other than pizza's great. Um, but yeah, last night's game was so embarrassing, which is what makes tonight's victory uh, just right on time. And not the it's it's the way that the White Sox won tonight, nine to five over the Cubs. Um, starting pitching not great. I do have concerns now about the who who's going to pitch in that third game in the uh, wild card round. Dane Dunning not particularly good tonight, and Stone said a couple of times during the broadcast, like, yeah, stamina. Uh, looks tired. Uh, you know, he could just be hitting a wall here, uh, coming back after the Tommy John injury and you know, being thrust into the rotation here. And it could be just one of those situations where he's, he's running out of gas at the wrong time, but maybe because he had a bit of an early exit tonight, he can just give us one, one solid outing in that game three, man. And then we'll, we'll take it from there. We'll figure it out as we go and he'll get more time to rest. But uh, overall, Dane Dunning just looked like he was not only just pressing, laboring, it looked like he was trying to overcompensate, throwing harder, missing spots tonight. Just, just wasn't good for Dane Dunning tonight, but he certainly didn't get much help uh, behind him either. Not at all. He uh, was walking the yard. I mean, he only gave up three walks and in three innings, but just wild the whole night. And that's for a pitcher like him that doesn't have necessarily the strikeout pitch working for him, that's going to spell trouble all the time. Uh, I did not like his outing and this the outing before this one. It was not good either. Um, running up against teams that might be getting that bats together. I mean, of course, Chris Bryant. I mean, what can you do, Chris Bryant? Oh, but is, you know what? The Cubs like, Cubs fans hate him though, especially our guy send Shep. His, <laughs> send his ass to the White Sox immediately. I don't know where we're gonna play him. Get your ass out in right field. Yeah, exactly. Shit. I mean, <laughs> Chris Bryant's hit two home runs before tonight, and that man looked like Chris Bryant again tonight. Like, he's going to break out. Eventually, the back of the baseball cart will win out. And it looked, man, it looked vintage Chris Bryant. It was a bullshit slider yeah. that Jane, Dane Dunning threw. And that's going to happen sometimes from even veterans. And Chris Bryant did exactly what you needed to do to it. And he hit that uh, single in the first opposite field. So, yeah, um, you're going to give those things up. So Dane Dunning, not great, not great at all. And like you, I'm concerned about the third game. Just make it academic, just take those first two and then have to worry about yeah. the third, fourth guys would, would be nice. and the L LDS. So, yeah, it's a real tough go with um, not like all of our options just being bad. I think, and ultimately – our best option there would be a bullpen game. We saw we got two good innings from Garrett Crochet, and that shit's unfair. 
Um, yeah, start someone would, out of formality, like because you know yeah. you got a guy like Ronaldo Lopez who, who who's already in the habit of being a starter. Throw him out there for an inning, maybe two. Then you follow him up with a Hoyer, Foster, Crochet, maybe Jimmy Guns if you have a lead. You know, Marshall, uh, Bummer, Columet. You know what I mean? Like, it just if you have mm-hmm. to have just create some sort of normalcy with someone starting because that's we have no one. They haven't done a bullpen game this year where I don't think where a bullpen guy started the game. Did they do that I in, mean, the, in that St. Louis? Foster- well, Foster started the St. Louis game. Okay, that's that's what I thought. Yeah. Games. Okay, so and he didn't fare so well, for, if I recall. Right? No, no, he, he no, did good. He two, no, he pitches two innings and he was solid. He okay, was out. all right. Well, that then, was at the start of his career, I think. So maybe if you want to create normalcy, you throw a guy like Lopez out there who's used to starting and everything that comes along with the starting routine. But also, you've got Matt Foster who you could start because as Herb points out to me, uh, you can, he started twice already this year, which I'd already forgot about this year's gone by so fast, but he started against the Indians early in the season. Uh, Sox lost that game, I believe, but, but Foster had a couple clean innings there. And then he started against the Cardinals and had uh, a nice outing there. So you have a bullpen option who is capable of starting a game already. My initial gut instinct was, oh, no one else has started a game, but I forgot Matt Foster already had two starts this year. So they have a lot of options in play. Here's what I think what's what's happening now with, with Dunning. It's like this is a house money season. They've got a, their house money in the playoffs, but I think it's just one of those things where, you know, one, one of the guys who got you here with his stellar starting pitching you know, he gave you a little bit of a lift after Michael Kopech opts out, but now he's starting to run out of gas a little bit, which is understandable coming off the injury. So this is why you look ahead to next year, like, all right, now, you know, you'll feel a little bit better about it next year, and whatever you get from from anyone, really, this season is, is house money at this point. But, yeah, you know, it's it's not, it's trending downward, but they do have some options, and, you know, I maybe we won't even have to worry about it. We've spent so much time talking about a Game 3 uh, LDS or wild card round start, and maybe they won't even need it. Maybe they'll just go 1-2 and you're out, whoever they play. But today, Yankees. Yeah, today, was it back to the Yankees now? It was the, it was the yep. A's earlier today before the game. It's exhausting keeping up with these scenarios. But yeah, yeah, the Sox are back to fourth seed against the fifth seed Yankees. Well, they I, win tomorrow, Minnesota loses. They'll be the second seed or third seed, depending on what Oakland does, and they'll face either Cleveland or Houston. Um, I was at uh, went up to see my dad today. He's just recovering from hip surgery, so I brought him some Portillos. That's what a good son would do. And we were watching uh, the Yankees were on uh, MLB TV today, and uh, you know they mm-hmm. were, they uh, they looked like they were back to their normal selves today. Granted, the Marlins clinched the night before. But, uh, you know, they, they had some big home runs from Voigt and some other guys in the lineup there. Stanton had a good at bat today, Judge. So, you know, it you know, could be that they're, they're coming on late and getting back to form a little bit there. So, I, you know, I never want to say bring on the Yankees. But if I don't want to say one game is defining. But they, they look good today in the limited amount of times that I watched the Yankees this season. So we'll, Yeah, uh, but they were at home. They're really good at yeah. home for some reason. Well, yeah. They're not as good on, on the road. Well, yeah, you got that short porch out there in, uh, in right field there. You know, and a lot of those guys just shooting it the other way. I saw Voigt just kind of lob one out there, you know, so – yeah, you know, it's it's always a, an interesting like park dimension, like you know, ballparks with certain dimensions that you know you tailor your ball club to. Like that's when home field advantage matters. But there's very few parks out there that are like that that are going to be in play. I feel you know that Yankee Stadium is one of those, and I, I fear that Oakland is one of those parks 
where they 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 play low scoring games and they don't necessarily rely on the home run, which could be a problem for the White Sox. But we'll get to that Monday. We'll talk about that and we do the mailbag. We'll preview whoever the Sox are going to play, and maybe we'll even jump on after it's all said and done tomorrow because it could be a wild Sunday that just may want to compel us to uh, pick up the uh, the podcast machine, especially if the Bears don't play, because you're seeing stuff out of Atlanta now about their COVID tests and they're waiting on contact tracing to see if they're going to be able to play football uh, on Sunday. So, uh, hey, Wait, wait. You, I thought Atlanta's where the players play. Oh, God. That's what they write on them things? Like, it's, every it's day? On, it's on their license plate. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Really? So after the Chris Bryant Grand Slam, things were not looking good yet again. I was very mad. I contemplated shutting off the game tonight because I was with my daughter and we could have done something a lot more productive. Uh, We were doing some arts and crafts earlier. But then I read a tweet from uh, someone on Twitter by the name of uh, Ecknerwall23 who says this, Plenty of time and John Lester wants to give the hashtag White Sox more runs. Not ideal, but not worried at all. So it it was that that kind of compelled me to not quit on the team tonight. So go ahead, Herb, take your victory lap. The White Sox ultimately did get to John Lester in what could be be, uh, his final start in a Chicago Cubs uniform. Yeah, as uh, I just knew. I mean, they didn't hit him as they did at Wrigley Field, but I, I felt it. The guy was not doing anything, and the White Sox success for his left-handers has been uh, well-documented. Now 14-0, going undefeated for the year. Well, maybe tomorrow they might throw out um, Jose Quintana, and he shuts no, up. No, Al- they said Alzale is going tomorrow. Oh, so we're good. 14-0 for the year. That's uh, undefeated season. Versus <laughs> never that. happened we're ever, in. ever in life. Ever. And I know it's a short ever. season, but ever has never has happened. Um, yeah. Cubs probably going to roll. accomplishment. Yeah, they're probably going to roll out uh, a, a bullshit lineup tomorrow. Oh, yeah. They're probably in the dugout right now. I mean, they deserve <laughs> to celebrate. Absolutely. I, I mean, after all the attrition, starting off so hot, slowing down. They're, like you were talking about all the teams are doing the protocols through our like listening through T- uh, Theo and Jed and our guy Ross. that comes on the uh, Ross and Ian Happ. They are locked down more than any other team. They're doing protocols seriously. And so they deserve for their hard work, for keeping up this uh, this uh, being safe. They deserve to celebrate tonight, and they hope they're sh- popping champagne bottles in the visiting clubhouse there. But, um, yeah, I think uh, – I was thinking at the time, I never had a doubt that the White Sox were going to win that game. I was like, John Lester is not ready for the White Sox and what they're doing. That pop-up, you saw how the wind was c- carrying itself today. That should have been caught by Jason Hayward, a regular – non-windy day i think jason hayward easily camps under that i don't know what was going on with him like he like kipnis was nowhere near that ball and hayward should have been sprinting a little harder to get it but i don't I, think he catches it either either way i saw another and angle on that I, I saw another angle on that play and i think what happened uh what i saw clearly was that he was out there being a kipnis to it all Nope. nope. Okay. You don't hit it there? <laughs> Yikes. Really? We are all Kipnises. Um, so, yeah, so the Sox got some help. Like, they've, getting, they've got no breaks. 
uh, you know, all, from from their opponents this week, which you know we certainly don't a- ask for those. But sometimes in baseball, you just get them. But they've gotten all the bad breaks the past week, and finally, something like that uh, that 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 started a rally happens to the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, um, that finally was good. Then you just get the like. I want to speak to something after I get all these White Sox doing great things. Well, let's get to a break. To- you want to get to a Brayu right now because ultimately that's what I'm leading up to. Let Let's talk about Jose Brayu in the spot right there after uh, the Sox load the bases and you had Jason Benetti and Steve Stone vocalizing it on the broadcast like this could be an MVP moment right here for Jose Abreu. And what does he do? He comes through with the bases clearing double in a big spot. Sox grabbed the lead. They never relinquished it the rest of the way, and that was that was it. With the you know, depending what the Indians do, just looking at all the numbers, the Jose Ramirez versus Jose Abreu numbers, it's it's not particularly close right now. And that could have been a defining moment for an MVP for Jose Abreu right there. Yeah, definitely. I was uh, very glad to see that. I thought off the bat that it was like he hit it hard as hell, and Schwarber's going to be camped. Yeah, under that, and I was so pissed. And I was yelling, and I was like, oh, son of a bitch, Adam Ball. And Courtney's like, nope, nope, that's getting in. It's going over <laughs> his head. And she she knew immediately. I mean, she's erroneously picked a couple of home runs from Nomar Mazzara. But she did. Well, she notoriously that- takes good routes. That's why she got with you. So, like, yeah, it's no surprise that Courtney knows, knows that was going to be over his Before head. Before so. the game started, she said, don't worry, Herbert. It's going to be 7-5. <laughs> to five. And when that run scored... It was seven to five. Wow. Like when Rio and Mancada crossed the plate, and she just looked at me. She's like, "Keep on listening to me." That's. I mean, she was wrong ultimately because it turned out to be nine to five. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. So you know, I look back at her. It's like you're wrong, Leonidas. <laughs> you are wrong. Um, but yes, Jose Abreu with a awesome, awesome at bat, taking that that pitch was excellent. It was low by Tapera, and he just. Lifted it up and over Kyle Schwarber's head. And we talk about Yoan Mankata struggling with the injuries. And we saw it again today a couple times where we're like, oh, is he hurt? Even when he slid into home. But that man motoring, motoring from first base to score on a ball hit to left field with a guy with a great arm in Kyle Schwarber and a good relay to Javier Baez. So I'm in. That man looks better he doesn't look 100%, but if we get anything, we get any semblance of the Yoan Mankata from 2019, man, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, he's coming around, and that's why if you listen to this podcast, like, you know, we talk about these things, you know, when, when, even when they're getting their asses kicked and they're having their 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 hearts ripped out by the Indians. We're, we're telling you about things that we see in these in these games that are encouraging signs, and Yoan Mankata is one of those instances where, you know, he gets – you know, he doesn't get the reputation of a guy who who plays hard because he's so smooth out there and he makes everything look effortless. So, like, people don't talk about him as a guy who, who plays hard. But he's been dealing with injuries all year and dealing with COVID, and he's still out there playing hard, man. Like, you know, those triples and, and today, you know, huffing it down the line there. Like, he's, he's still playing hard despite everything that he's dealing with. And that home run was so sweet to see. The bat drop, getting the hands in. I swear, if if Moncada clicks now, and then a guy we told you about was starting to figure it out, Luis Roberts, he all of a sudden he's put himself uh, in a position where he's got a couple nights with a hit here, and he's taking some good walks and not looking overmatched. So he's still that that high fastball, still not not so great on him, but I think he'll eventually catch up to those. But 
you know, Moncada and Robert look like they're they're finally starting to you know come back come back home a little bit. They were they were off in the in the hinterlands, and finally, we I just I just want those guys to be as close to themselves as they can be in the playoffs because that's the only way the Sox will have a shot. Yeah, they need everybody who is ready, willing, and able to bring their A games. We need Tim Anderson. This is one of the guys that I see is struggling. Swinging at pitches that he didn't before. The other day, he swung at a 55-footer that was way in front of the plate. Uh, I, I forgot who it was. a Trevor Bauer pitch, and I was like, oof, that's tough. And then swung at a pitch in the left-handed batter's box. Yep. Today, swung at a pitch that I didn't think was a strike at all. Not not there yet. He's lost what he had. but He looks he in between. Was, uh, yeah, what he had was great. It was fucking excellent. And you saw the stats on NBC Sports Chicago today about he's got like a thousand slugging percentage for his lefties <laughs> Absurd, this year. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and it's, you know, dwarfing all his teammates who are also eating versus lefties too. So I'm a little worried, but also I know Timmy's a professional. Yeah. If he can just find something, maybe tomorrow. I don't know what they're going to do, but find something where, okay, I'm just sitting fastball today, or I'm taking a lot of pitches today just so I can see pitches so I can understand where my swing's at yep. type of thing. Tomorrow's just a, a, a retooling so the playoffs can be on target because he goes is the way the White Sox go. If he gets on, then Yoan gets on, then Grandal gets on, then Jose, and then it keeps on going. And, of course, we need Eloy. And if Eloy is good, I think – we're going to be solid. Yeah, I do too. And that's a good idea about tomorrow and my, and Anderson having a just you know, seeing some pitches. I like that a lot. And also, I think with with TA, it's a, it's a comfort issue. I think everyone was trying to be the man the past week. And you look at the guys who are MVP candidates, Abreu and Anderson, and those guys, you know, did not have the best week. And you know, got some hits in some spots. But I think when you're trying to carry the load of the entire offense. You know, and you're the spark plug. You're you're Tim Anderson at the top of the lineup. Like I could see how you would put it on yourself more than normal. So maybe after a night like tonight, everyone has a good night's sleep tonight, and they can all come to the ballpark feeling a little bit more comfortable and feeling a little bit more relaxed. Because what you you don't want to go oh for a week, man. It's, it's been a really rough week, and they're starting to feel the pressure. And now you know uh, the fan base who has been so supportive all year is starting to like you know collapse a little bit around them. You know, so hopefully tonight will do them some good in terms of tomorrow. And, and looking ahead here. But other notable things that happened uh, among with the offense tonight, um, two hits from McCann. He had a big home run tonight after looking overmatched a couple days ago in that Indian series. As I said, Robert with a hit tonight. Nick Madrigal with two hits tonight. Uh, and Moncada with two hits tonight, as well as Abreu. Someone that's struggling uh, in the Sox lineup is Encarnacion, and they were talking about him in the pregame today. Frank and Ozzy and you know Frank was like you know what he's he, he's look at the back of his baseball card just leave him in the four hole uh, because he's a professional and he'll figure it out and they also talked about him being a guy that could you know be trying to put too much on himself because he's the free agent acquisition the you know the the, the veteran coming to, to a new team with it with a bunch of young guys so maybe he's pressing a little bit but yeah I, I don't think you're you're gonna see Encarnacion uh, game one of a playoff series what do you think I don't think you should I agree with Frank and Ozzy usually, and we've said it here on this show, Encarnacion will be himself eventually, and that is on a 162-game yeah. uh, schedule. But you can't risk 
that man not doing the things that he usually does. Uh, you got to go with Grandal and McCann uh, lineup for one's a DH, one's the catcher, whatever one you want to do. Or if you want to have one at first base to have uh, Abreu be the DH. Because we just said it. All the all guys got to be clicking on all cylinders. And you can't have one just in the middle of the lineup struggling. Pop-ups all the time. Uh, strikeouts. Can't have that. It's it's uh, it's sad. A good bit, a good bat off the bench. Maybe you can give us that. Maybe a tough lefty comes in to counter. I don't know. Nomar Mazara. Instead yeah. of putting Adam Mingle in, you put in Edwin Encarnacion. I would like that. But if on Tuesday I see Edwin Encarnacion in that lineup, I don't care who it's against. He doesn't deserve the start over what Grandal's done this year, and he doesn't start over what McCann's done, even though both have struggled at various times. Their numbers, their production, they come through in the clutch a couple times. Aaron Canacion has been struggling most of the year, so I would love him to come off the bench, but starting is not the thing, I don't think. Um, moving on here. So after Dunning exits after three innings, giving up three hits, five runs, only four of them earned, three walks, two Ks. Obviously the grand slam to Bryant, the big blow there, but uh, after that, Matt Foster comes in, Aaron Bummer comes in, Evan Marshall comes in, Colin closes it out, but you know who also had two innings tonight? And I think, is this who you wanted to talk about, Herbie? Crash Rocket? Oh, yes. I mean, he is Oof. just unfair. Like, really, like, these are major league baseball hitters. Did you see the face of Anthony Rizzo after he took that at bat? <laughs> hey, did you know the that? Guy was at, just like, hey, Herb, did you ever know that Anthony Rizzo he chokes up at with two strikes and what? he uses a B hack? Did I, you know? I, did you ever hear that? In his, uh, in I his, never heard that in his eight years I, here in the Cubs uniform. Yeah, man, he'll 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 shorten up his stroke a little bit and go the other way and just try to make contact. I, I don't believe you. Next, you're going <laughs> to tell me that Jason Kipnis from Glenbrook North. I don't know. Um, and Charlie Tilson is from New Trier. Yeah. Ooh, um, but fancy yes. Fancy. Garrett Crochet, the, baby. I mean, that the, the the slider that he dropped, was that on, on Schwarber? After yes. <laughs> he threw like two 100-mile-per-hour fastballs and then a slider, like at 87, and Schwarber's like, hmm. Seriously, he's like it's like he almost turned back to angels. Like, come on, man, that's not fair. I can't hit that. You got to help me you out, can't angel. Have a hundred and one and eighty seven on the outside, and I'm looking like an idiot. Bryant looked like an idiot. All the guys except for Javi Bias, who just went up there and got a solid single up the up the pipe, looked like outmatched. You could even see Contreras trying to gear up for that hundred. After he missed the first pitch, but that's just that's a game changer, man. That's a game changer, and I hope they get to utilize it in a big spot, man. Because I like how they had him out there two innings tonight. That seemed strategic. You know, you had uh, Super Joe. Hey, I'm Joe McEwing, as Brendan McCaffrey would say. Um, <laughs> Super Joe was managing tonight, but he had enough sense to to throw Crochet out there for two innings because that's probably what you're going to see in a postseason game. Like, really maximize that value, and especially if he continues to. Uh, you know, get, make himself look good and make other hitters look bad. Uh, you know, that, that's a good sign for the Sox, and it looks like they're trying to prepare him for that multiple-inning appearance. Yeah, and we were talking earlier, I think even before Crochet got on the team, about the all the arms and legs and being 6'6", coming at you, and then 100 on you. And Stoney and Jace did a good job of showing that with the video, and they were doing the home plate camera, 
where he's just doing all these things. The gloves coming yep. at you, then the ball, then the leg, and then the balls like on you. When they're showing this in slow motion, the cameraman can't even keep up with, with the pitch because it's so <laughs> fast. It's like they're showing the ball and then it just disappears. And then the guy's already swung. And then they catch up to the catcher. It's like, yeah, the play's been over because it's so fast. It's so um, – imagine that was on slow motion. If you're facing that dude, especially Schwarber or uh, Rizzo up there, just scared for your life. You're like Kruk. Even though the guy's got impeccable uh, control, you're like Kruk versus Randy Johnson. You're like, yeah. oh, shit, 100 miles per hour. I'm great. And this kid has a little slight movement on that 100. It's not that straight, straight. 98 like uh Ronaldo used to feature it's not that straight 98 like Cease usually features this thing has some late movement and it's whoo they cannot hit it except for like I said bias just look for a pitch in his own and he got a piece but otherwise those professional hitters were like I'm glad we are in the NL Central we only have to face <laughs> this guy six times at most during the season yeah, it's it's really going to be something to see in the postseason, and you, like you said, a hundred is scary enough if you're in that left-hander batter's box because like you don't you you feel like it's going to be wild, and then he's the, the accuracy is there though that you know what I mean like the location is there for crochet, which is really impressive. All right, so before we wrap it up here, what what was the thing that you wanted to get to? I haven't hit it yet. I'm a bad partner, uh, but I couldn't guess it to, before we got there for you. So what, what what's on your mind tonight? No, we got it. Oh. I, I wanted to get to the Tim Anderson thing. Okay. I saw that he was struggling. He is mightily um, going through some things with the bat. But we give him this leeway because of how great he has been this year. Won't win the AL batting title this year. Fine. Enjoy yourself, DJ LeMayhew. We'll take the victory over your bum-ass Yankees in a three-game set. How about that, DJ? <laughs> Get your ass back to the to the boogie down. Timmy's a little struggling, but I am I have full confidence that the man will find his swing eventually to be a big time cog in this White Sox playoff run. I'm I mean we'll talk about extensively about our expectations for this playoffs and we talked about it off the air yesterday after we got off of work. But I'm just looking forward to it. I just hope that White Sox fans don't put too much pressure and too much weight on this playoff and then make this whatever that result is the Oh, that was a successful season. Oh, that wasn't successful type of thing. Enjoy this run, man. Like this year is is the enjoyable stuff because there's there's no consequences. You know, you're not talking about breaking up a team. You know, at the end of a window. You know, it's just house money. Like I said, man. Because next year this is going to be a lot different. The team's probably going to be a little bit better. They make some key acquisitions, and guys are going to develop and become better players. And but. Next year, there'll be expectations to win the division. You know, some people had those expectations this year, um, you know, so and they, they met those expectations. But this first time in the playoffs, it's house money. No one expects them to do anything, I don't think, in the postseason because they're, they're young and they don't know any better. And who knows how they'll respond in a moment. But, but moment. So try to try to appreciate that. Like when you're watching these playoffs, I know it's it, it's very stressful baseball, and it's not going to be easy to watch because it's been so long. But try to appreciate where they are in this moment. And and you know, not a lot of people had them uh, certainly in the postseason. So try to appreciate that moment too. So yeah. And so that is all we have for tonight. Yep. T- tomorrow, if it warrants. We will come back with a special Sunday night 
edition of Locked on Sox. We usually don't do it. We Sometimes we tape our mailbag Mondays on Sunday nights, but we might give you a special one. If they suck tomorrow <laughs> and we got a bad matchup, I mean, we'll have an episode out for you Monday, mailbag Monday, and or a preview of the playoffs uh, series. Either way. So it depends on the Sox. If the Sox got us in a good thing and we got nothing else going on, you know, we got busy lives. Tanny's got a wife and kids. I have Courtney and nothing else. <laughs> um, so, you know, we got busy things and we got do- shit to do. So Plus bears. If the White Sox give us a reason to t- get on the air. We'll get on the air and shit. Absolutely, absolutely, because odds are it would have been a crazy ass day across baseball if we're breaking it down a central division crown tomorrow. That means a lot of things happen, unexpected things happen, and we're probably just you know excited all day long. So then it, we can both go. We can all go to grandstand and get our t-shirts together. Absolutely, yay, yay grandstand. <laughs> That's all I got. And they don't and they don't sponsor us, guys. They absolutely, absolutely go ahead, not. Yeah, I may have to go down there tomorrow and uh, or Monday. Uh, they're doing the uh, the White Sox are giving away change the game flags change the game if you drive up i don't know if uh, you guys saw that email out there but the first five thousand people that drive up to the b lot i think after noon central time like they're handing out change the game flag so i may even try to go down there and get one and then maybe hit grandstand on the way back uh, and for some merchandise that doesn't say 2020 on it all right so for chris Tannehill, follow him at chris Tannehill on twitter me ecknerwall 23 the show Locked on Socks on Twitter and Instagram. This show does a mailbag Monday. So if you want to participate, locked on socks at gmail.com. Locked on socks at gmail.com. Emails, questions, comments, whatever you want to do, we'll look at them. Not all of them make the show. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Another victorious. 35th win of the year, Chris Tannehill. Oh, somebody predicted that. Number someone, 35. Absolutely. Number 35, Frank Thomas. 35. Thank you, Gene Honda. I miss you. I miss hearing your voice. Maybe in the postseason, they'll bring back Gene for, for a series or two. What do you think? I need him. I want him. Yeah. I hope um, he's okay. Yeah, me too. It's, it's always questionable but, but when you never hear about somebody. But that's probably like an independent contractor situation. Like, obviously, they, the Sox take care of Gene Honda, but. I mean, think about it. He's there uh, for for half a baseball season. So, you know, I'm sure he's paid by the game or whatever, or I don't know how that works. Maybe he opted out. But I hope Gene Honda's okay out there. I haven't heard anything to the contrary, but I miss hearing his voice. It's fine when the kids do it, but I say, come on, kid. Let, let's let's learn how to pronounce these names a little bit better, all you kids out there. I, I want I want I want I really want to hear some some of these some of these enyes out there in these streets. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I hope Gene Honda is okay, and uh, I miss hearing his voice, and we can hear him here on the podcast tonight. But yep, thirty five wins. I'm I'm awesome. I'm right. I hope I'm wrong tomorrow, though. I hope you're wrong tomorrow. Me yes, too. I Absolutely. I've been wrong for a long time, Tanny. That's my life, <laughs> that's, being wrong. That's your Herb yeah. always wrong. <laughs> um, so, for Chris Tanhelt, this is Herb Lawrence. We're going to say goodnight from Locked On Socks.